listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Oh my goodness, what a week. Welcome to This Week in Pharmacy. My name is Todd Yuri. I am the RX Podfather. Started this podcast network, oh my gosh, back in 2009. And this has been a historical week for me and how passionate um, our entire industry is jumping in to talk about what we have in store for today's show. So I am excited. Um, I do want to uh, just give a shout out to our Kansas City pharmacists and say that we are with you. We are behind you. If there's anything that this network can do to amplify your voices, you let me know. You reach out to me. Um, I can be found at Yuri, my last name, E-U-R-Y at pharmacypodcast.com. That's E-U-R-Y at pharmacypodcast.com. All right, we have a big show today. This is probably one of the biggest shows we've ever done on This Week in Pharmacy, and I am so glad that you are all here. If you're listening in the podcast form, uh, you don't get to see um, my absolutely beautiful guests today. These people from their hearts and from their missions, um, you're missing out, but it is on YouTube. It is on all of the podcast platforms. So if you're listening, this is still a big show. And before we talk about the big show, I want to talk about our authors in pharmacy. I want to talk about these people that are changing healthcare. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Corey Jenks, who sent me Permission to Care, which is his book. And if you haven't written this thing, the permission to care enough and to change medicine and to change pharmacy and to change your own life, uh, this is an amazing read. Uh, shout out to uh, Corey Jenks. We have authors in pharmacy that are uh, in the pharmacy profession. I want to give a shout out to Patty Mara, who's a friend of mine, and she's worked with community pharmacies and helping them to rise up. And we need our independent community pharmacies now more than ever before. And um, uh, Patty it has a podcast on our network. You got to listen to it, but it's all about transforming community pharmacy. I also want to give a shout out to Dr. Kimber Booth, who is one of the original pharma influencers, RX influencers, Dr. Booth. You're doing amazing things. And I'm proud because I was published in this book. I have a whole uh, section about uh, pharmacists changing healthcare and taking control of your, um, your careers, changing your careers. If you're not happy in your career, it's very possible to do. There are organizations out there. There are people in this book that would help you find a new pathway and a new career. So if you've never read uh, The Farm Influencers, Farm Fluencers, I should say, uh, look up Kimber Booth, B-O-O-T-H-E. Um, this is an amazing book. I also want to give a shout out. I spent some time with uh, Dr. Sue, Sue Ojigir. Uh, we met at the NCP, NASP, the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy. We were the media partner and their press partner. And she is a children's book author. But guess what? She has a new initiative coming up called Farm um, Pharmacy Mentors Pharma and Pharmacy Mentors is going to be a way for our pharmacists to teach our P4s, um, our pharmacy students, about looking for possibly another career path in maybe hospital system or uh, retail pharmacy or maybe something untraditional and how you can become a mentor in that program. And last book that I want to give a shout out is to the one and only Dr. Christina Fontana, uh, doing amazing things for so many people. She's a personal friend of mine. She's been on the show a bunch of times, but if you haven't read Beyond the Counter, this is an important book, and I was so honored to write the intro to this book, uh, the preface, and um, I'm very proud to be associated with this book and with her. Um, all right, I do want to say uh, thank you to Cannabis Pharmacy. If you saw the intro uh, to the show, Cannabis Pharmacy, you can find more about them at CannabisPharmacy.com. They are a special um, um provider of information for us. Uh, they're going to start uh, building content for us uh, all about cannabis education and application for specific conditions and disease states, mostly probably around pain, anxiety, sleep. Uh, Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Lombardo is their new CMO. 
and he'll be helping to lead this education development, as well as Dr. Uh, Jonathan Marquez uh, out of Georgia, which is going to be participating in some of this content. And then several other people, several other schools of pharmacy are going to actually get involved. So if you are fascinated with uh, cannabis, topicals, pain relief, uh, different things, um, please reach out to us. We'd like you to become part of this initiative. I want to give a shout out to NasoCleanse. Uh, this is um, a, an incredible product that I've actually tried. I was very scared of it because it looks like a little uh, drill bit um, for your nose. Um, just not to scare anybody, but it really does. It looks like a little drill bit. You're supposed to stick it up there with some of this solution. However, after uh, trying it, um, and now I've been doing it for about a month and a half now, I actually have less issues with um, with breathing at night, and I have a better um, passage, and I and it feels a little bit better. So look into NasoCleanse. This is developed by uh, Dr. Gail, um, who just joined the Pharmacy Podcast Network to talk talk about uh, lung uh, disease and lung support, respiratory support, and how NasoCleanse can can play a part in that. All right, so. Before we welcome our first guest, and actually we're going to do three guests at one time on Twerks because it, we have to do this. And I don't know if everybody knows who's coming up, but these are rock stars of the industry. These people are shaking up the profession of pharmacy um, in the in the really the the retail sec sector, but it's going to have spillover onto other other every other facet. Of our uh, of our industry, so I am so excited. I I do want to give a shout out um, to the FDA and their partnership with the Pharmacy Podcast Network as a as a publisher. So we get to distribute their new podcast called Q and A with FDA, and it's amazing information. They're shorter episodes, so if you are curious about um, what the FDA is, um, is is the latest in what they're doing with their division of drug information, we're so proud to distribute their podcast as well as a, a show that's been out um, for about over two weeks now. It's called uh, T2D, Don't Sugarcoat It. It dives into some of the latest uh, discussions around diabetes, and this content is sponsored by Novo Nordisk. Uh, we are very proud of that um, show as well. So Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Pharmacy Podcast Network, uh, This Week in Pharmacy, we have um, some news to talk about. We have to um, dive into the elephant in the room, which is what's happening over in Kansas City um, with the walkouts and how um, CVS is, is finally being held uh, responsible by their own employees, their trusted pharmacists, to make some drastic changes um, to how workforces, uh, workforce load is measured to staffing and how that impacts um, patient safety and the safety of our pharmacists and our technicians. Um, this is this is crazy that that this is even an issue, but it's what we're dealing with. It is, of course, um, it's it's our reality. So I've met some amazing people in pharmacy. And one of the people that I met about two years ago from a post that she put out. Um, was Dr. Bled Tanoe. And she found something um, called uh, pizza is not working. And everybody knows now that you're in pharmacy um, that pizza is not working has been um, getting a, a ton of attention and a, a ton of uh, groundswell. And we were so pleased and honored that um, Bled and, um, and Candace, who is going to be on our show here shortly, um, representing pizza, why pizza um, is actually pizza is not working. It is working because it's changing things and it's getting massive attention nationally by USA Today, um, by Wall Street Journal, a um, bunch of other organizations covering it. But I want to uh, welcome Dr. Um, uh, Candace Alushula to the show, PharmD. Uh, she is um, partnering and uh, right hand, I could say, to, uh, to Bled Tanoe. And I'm proud to have her on the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad that you're here on this weekend pharmacy. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. So let's uh let's let's talk about this. No, goodness gracious. So um <laughs> talk about first who you are, uh just in case our our listeners and our audience don't realize who you are and how um special you are to Bled 
and how you've helped to build um, Pizzas Not Working. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Dr. Candice Olushala. I am a pharmacist. I do not practice pharmacy anymore. I'm still licensed and I advocate for the profession now. This has been pretty strong on my heart since I graduated pharmacy school, even before graduating pharmacy school. I graduated in 2019 and we were already seeing the signs behind the counter of issues and being aware that these industry issues had been going on from long before I was a pharmacist, applied for pharmacy school, and even as far back as the 80s and 90s, we've been seeing these changes, and it's pretty much come to a head at this point. So I left working as a pharmacist at Walgreens in August of 2021, and right after that, I actually met Dr. Bled virtually, and we talked about our grievances that I was speaking up about inside the company, which obviously led to retaliation. And she was speaking up publicly. And so between the two of us, we said we really need to have the public be aware that this is going on, because if they don't know that what's going on behind the counter is actually affecting them and is a public health crisis, this could be very jolting for them. So we've been trying to, through the Pizza's Not Working movement, thanks to her hashtag that she started, okay. um, to just share the awareness of what has been transpiring in our profession, why the public should know and should care that it's happening, how it's permeating through the world of healthcare as a whole, and what we can do together as patients and workers in pharmacy to really stand up for what we need in the longevity of the health of our nation. That's incredible. Um, I've met Led, I've met you. I was an honor to meet you at the APHA and work with you in the studio as their uh, podcasting crew. You were part of that crew. I was so proud of that. I, I take everything that you're saying. And I take you as an individual extremely sincerely because I've seen you. Um, I've watched you. I've watched how you interact with people and how you stand for pharmacists, but how more importantly, you're standing for our patients based on making a stand that is uh, difficult to do when, when you could, um, you could be slandered, you could get, you know, the old cancel culture thrown on you from a corporate perspective. And, I know blood's going through some of that, but um, this is this is special to support you. Um, we are surging forward with something that cannot be turned back. We've reached a point in the history of our profession of pharmacy that we just uh, we can't go back to um, even last week of, of how things were, and now we've we've um, we've shown the the public. And by the way, if the public doesn't understand if if there is someone listening that isn't in our profession and you're listening pizza is not working was a hashtag developed by a uh, dr tanoe blood tanoe because she was referencing how some of a uh, district manager for say of an entire area of pharmacies of retail chain pharmacies um, may know that there were stresses happening within the pharmacy based on staffing issues or uh, expecting too many things in the form of metrics um, all based on really um, output and profit and how they'd buy pizza parties or they'd, they'd get pizza parties for uh, different pharmacies throughout the nation. It was just kind of like their MO. It was their mode of operation. So that is the reason that it's a tongue in cheek where Bled, Bled has said, hey, pizza's not working and it's exploded. So I don't really say that for the profession because the profession already knows uh, Bled and, and knows pizza's not working. But um, another organization that has some trajectory and has become a juggernaut of attention that I've met um, uh, in person, um, Maria, Marie, who's here us, with us today, is the organization and the directors of uh, Would You Like Shots With That, a documentary that is going to, um, it can't, couldn't have happened at, the, at a better time of them, of them building this documentary, is being able to share the truth with the public through a Netflix-like, or Netflix uh, definitely, which should be, but a, a series, a documentary about how does staffing and how does uh, payment structures and how does real, let's not shed, let's not shy away from the dirty word, how does greed impact healthcare and the safety of, of our pharmacists and our pharmacies 
and how many people rely on their um, pharmacy to deliver healthcare to them. Um, I would like to welcome um, Marie uh, to the show and Dr. Ananese um, uh, to the show. Um, I'm so excited to have you both here. Hi, Todd. Hey, Marie, how are you? I'm great, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Very welcome. Very welcome. Let's talk Let's about, about, would you like shots? Um, just to give, just like Candace was able to give some background to um, to the project of what it meant, what pizza is not working meant. What 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 is would you like shots with that? Just to start out, just in case someone hasn't heard about this. Once again, if you're in the profession, you probably have. Um, and we're going to get to the meat of today's. Um, this is um, you know this week in pharmacy. But I want to hear, just in case there's people that haven't heard from Ananese, I want to hear from you in the creation of Would You Like Shots with that. Absolutely. I love talking about it. So my name is um, Dr. Anais Webster-Minuti, and I am a pharmacist as well. Um, my background is mostly in the chain retail pharmacy setting, both technician and pharmacist. I currently am working for a hospital system, so I pivoted and switched gears um, fully in October of 2021. But through my time working in um, community pharmacy, I started to notice over the course of time, the workload was not matching the staffing. And like Candace said, we had seen this for years. I'd seen this since I started working in pharmacy and pharmacists who have worked in the profession longer than ourselves have talked about it for years and decades. But something happened during COVID where maybe we had our fingers in the dike for, um, protecting the profession and making sure things could get done. But then suddenly COVID busted open the dam there. We were tasked with vaccinating the entire country once it shifted away from these large public health clinics to, okay, we still need to keep vaccinating the country, but some of that money is dried up. And so we're going to shift it back into the pharmacy space because there wasn't enough support for those large public health clinics anymore. And that is when a lot of these staffing issues became apparent to the general public, but they didn't know why. So people would show up and be like, well, my prescription's not ready, or the pharmacy is closed. And there's lots of news articles saying, talking about delays and um, inability of patients to get prescriptions and workload, et cetera. But in the general public, they're like, I don't understand why the workload is mismatched with what is going on in pharmacy. Isn't it just putting pills in a bottle, which is um, as most pharmacists have heard at least once, if not many times before. So we wanted to do this documentary to bring light and expose some of the things that are going on in pharmacy to a more general audience. And our goal is to get it onto a major streaming platform. We've had lots of exciting developments um, internally with our team. We have really strong access to subjects within the profession and outside of it. We are getting the patient story as well. So um, we're only building steam and it's very exciting because it's a very shocking story once you um, kind of crack open that nut because the general public is getting leveled up from, I didn't even know most pharmacists had doctorates to, wow, there's vertical integration and CVS owns a pharmacy a pharmacy benefit manager. What's that anyway? Uh, health insurance sits on boards of pharmacy, et cetera. And that's just one example of all of the things that we will be trying to reveal with our documentary. That's awesome. All right, all right. Marie, I want to welcome you and uh, just get just explanation from you on how your impact. impact. Uh, would you like shots with that and in supporting entities? Yeah, so my name is Marie Wilda. I am not a pharmacist, and I often hear, why do you care so much about an industry that you're not even really a part of? And um, I come at it from, I think, two perspectives. One, I come from independent pharmacy, and so I've seen um, them try to remain competitive, try to figure out how to stay profitable, serve their patients that they see every Sunday when they go to church, because a lot of these are in rural areas. Um, and then I come from it 
come at it from the patient perspective. So I have a couple of people in my family that have complex healthcare conditions and the pharmacist at the independent pharmacy is a tremendous resource that was able to educate and inform them on managing their healthcare conditions. So I um, reached out to the team at Shots, to Anais and Kristen, and I said, I would like to be a part of this. I don't know what it looks like, but sign me up. And so that was about six months ago. Um, like she said, we're, we're building momentum. Um, people are having conversations. They're consistently reaching out to us. And uh, we're just excited about seeing where this goes in the next year or so. And so that's 30,000 feet. That's, that's Marie Wilda. Huh. Well, people that don't know Marie, I do. I knew of your reputation and I knew how you stood with community independent community pharmacies um, years ago, back at when, when Pharmacy Development Services was in business and, and how you've evolved and have been a, a strategist, a marketer. Um, you've, you've helped to build better uh, workflow and production of, of staffing and of, so you get this though. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of, of someone better on the team for, would you like shots with that? Because you get it and you've seen, you've been in the trenches with your client that says, Hey, uh, Marie, I am not making enough money to keep my doors open. And you've helped to develop programs that were cash-based in order to get them over to the next phase. And so I think you're bringing a lot of, um, a lot of, I know you're bringing a lot of um, value to this. So I'm glad that you're here. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. it's always, and it's always helpful to have an outside perspective, right? Yes. Different people looking in, looking at it from a different lens. So absolutely. And, and it helps with uh, marketing the message too, because pharmacists, even though there are some pharmacists in, in content development who are brilliant, um, there are some other pharmacists who have done extremely well in the clinical and they're like how do i market myself how do i get my messaging out there you and i marie uh sitting among two amazing pharmacists that we both care about we do everything in our power to market them that's why this week in pharmacy that we're you know featuring and that's why you help them develop strategies and blogging and content and we know what it's about so i mean you put those two forces together and and that's why that this is all going to be successful and that's why we're going to continue to be the talking heads. Are there talk shows out there for the pharmacy profession? And there's like, well, here's one. You know, this is why we do this. This is to get the information out, not only to our professional, let the profession know that there is true change coming and it's happening right now as we're talking. But I want the public to know about this. I want the public to know the truth about their tax dollars and their insurance dollars and all of this money that's being spent on pharmacy care and, and, and there's too much profit being sucked out of it. And um, that's the real issue. That's the domino effect of why we are here today, this week in pharmacy, talking about the craziness that is taking place in our nation and how we know that um, CVS um, walkout, it, it had ended, but before that there was a walkout it was in kansas city i have the actually wrong the wrong one pulled up so the cvs has a walkout in kansas city usa today touches on it and then of course a media firestorm blows out of this but people don't realize this has been boiling the water has gone from cold to boiling over the last really the intensity probably over the last five years more than anything but i remember when this really started to make um make an impact on the way people's lives were being impacted. These people, these pharmacists were stressed out and they're like, I don't want to be a pharmacist anymore because of the impact of workload has on me where I, I feel like I'm fast food. I feel like this is just a churn and burn. I feel like it's all about just sucking out as much profit from each of the individual stores as possible, which is all caused by the insurance side. And we can talk about PB or PBM reform on another This Week in Pharmacy because today we want to support our pharmacists out of Kansas City and Missouri and other states um, of pharmacists that are going to join this fight. But I want to start with um, Candace and just tell me, how did this make you feel when you heard about this news and, and being able to um, have a new fire be lit in the theme of, of how staffing impacts patient health and safety of our pharmacists? To be honest, 
I felt like walking into the pharmacy just to walk out with the pharmacy staff. Like that's how excited I was when I finally saw that this was happening because I I remember moments working as a pharmacist where there was talk about doing a walkout. Like, oh, we're going to do it. Oh, we're going to do it. And then fear is instilled and tactics are used and everyone's like, maybe we shouldn't do it this time. And we go back to the narrative of, the patients need to be first. And so it's it's nice to finally see that the pharmacy staff has realized that walking out is actually putting the patient first because if we don't show the gravity, the weight of our absence, then there won't really be a way for the public to really get what we've been trying to say. And it's not really the public's fault because we've had this battle between what workers are saying and what corporate is pushing out into media to spin the narrative. So the public can only go based off of what they're seeing in media and then trying to compare it with what, with what they're kind of seeing behind the counter and, and creating their own story. So for it to get to this space where people are willing to just say, no, I'm going to walk out. And if something doesn't change, then this is what we're going to have to do until something gives it's, it's important for not just the public, but also corporate to see that we're not, taking this anymore like it's it's become beyond ridiculous the games are exhausting and i i just applaud the kansas city pharmacists and pharmacy staff who said it's enough is enough we'll go first and anyone who wants to Hmm. support in this um we thank you and so Kudos to them. We are behind them a zillion percent. And we don't want this to just be that one time a walkout happened, but we want this to really mean something for the profession because pharmacy, I will always say this and I will always believe this. Pharmacy is the heartbeat of healthcare. We're the most accessible healthcare providers you're ever going to have access to. And without us, there is a major compromise that the system doesn't even support or appreciate respect even because we often put our heads down and just try to make it work as best as we can. But now we're tired and, and enough has been enough. And it's, it's exciting on one end. I will say because again, the public has not been aware and they've been so used to us being there. There is that slight public health piece that is the risk in doing this, which is access to care, which is why we do have, unfortunately, and of course that's their perspective and I understand this, that patients, we have people working in our industry who don't agree with the walkout, right? We did see posts like that even yesterday of colleagues that were upset with their fellow colleagues that were walking out. They were ashamed um, that people would be willing to put the patients at risk. Yep. In in response to that, though, um, the patients have been at risk, whether we're there or not. <laughs> that's the problem. Like they're there. There's a risk that's been had for a long time from a public health perspective. The risk now is that pharmacists just won't be there or like CVS has tried to do with the walkouts, they'll try to staff who they can in these stores that are closing in order to kind of still make the pharmacy flow work. But because it's more understaffed than it was before the original staff was there, it's just as bad. So it's either you don't have anyone to have access to that you're used to having access to and you already have a lack of access. So the the rural black brown communities are obviously going to be most hit by these walkouts. And on top of that, it's going to have to probably get worse 
before it gets better for these communities. So it's a risk we have to be willing to take. And it's not because we want to hurt patients, but it's because we no longer want ourselves or patients to be in the line of being hurt every single day of the week. So this little dip is gonna, is going to feel tight, but it's, if we push through it, it will be so worth it for the longevity of pharmacy, public health, and healthcare as a whole. So this this is really a, a bittersweet, necessary fight that we're we're finally peaking at, and it's 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 a really turn huge turning point for for the profession of pharmacy. Yep. Ananese, I want to just bring you in because I want to talk about the sincerity and how media will deliver messaging to the public to shield um, people that need to change their ways, AKA CVS. And we see a a headline here uh, in the USA Today that says CVS walkout ends, pharmacists cautiously optimistic amid promises of more staff and relief. Okay, all right, there you go. And then all of a sudden you get to the next one that says, CVS apologizes amid claims of unsafe work uh, place. Pharmacists plan a second walkout today. So it's getting a little bit more serious. But then you see a, um, um, a non-public facing announcement, which says CVS join the hashtag CVS team in Kansas City. Relocation assistance available for pharmacists interested in making the move to beautiful Kansas City. Um, la, la, la. Let's play some you know happy joy, joy music. And... What's irritating to me is have they given the staff notice of this plan or is this one of these break up the union strike by bringing in new staff to re- replace staff that finally took took the time to take a stand and actually walk out saying enough is enough. We're not doing it. So I want your whole opinion on that because I know you've been following all of this. Um, Yes, thank you. I will approach it from the lens of a documentary filmmaker. So my thoughts when this was happening was, oh, that's so exciting. Do we have someone who can get on the ground? And so we um, talked through our network to see if we could get someone up there to find out what was going on and get some footage if they could. Um, We weren't able to, but that's documentary. You try, you throw people out there, see what you can get when it's those types of last minute, um, really punchy, exciting um, activities in pharmacy. So with that being said, the first things that were going through my mind were, how can we get the organizers to speak with us? How can we get people who are involved with the walkout to speak with us? Both the pharmacists in the stores, on the ground, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and then the Pharmacists who were brought in to cover stores, so either district leaders or other pharmacists from other states, et cetera. We want to talk to them. We want to talk to everyone. If the CEO of CVS wants to talk to us, we would talk to him. We would talk to Premshaw. We would talk to patients. We want to talk to anyone who was involved in this process. And so we started putting out feelers to our network to say, hey, can you connect us to any of the folks who are involved? And so we're working on that process on the back end. We've gotten some um, connections to some of the organizers to see if they'll be willing to speak to us once the dust settles, because as you can imagine, they're extremely overwhelmed. It's uh, started as a small, something small and became a nationwide sensation. And so um, we're giving them some time, but we are working on how to get them connected to our team. So that's the lens that I was really approaching it from was how can we tell the story of this walkout? Because it's part of a larger narrative about what's going on in pharmacy. So that's where I'll start. Um, Another thing I want to do is um, to kind of build upon what Candace was saying. Um, For people watching this who may not know, in addition to the film portion of our project, we are also writing a companion book because we know this issue is huge and does not fit on the screen for our, um, just, we'll just say it like that. It doesn't fit on the screen. There's not enough hours um, to be able to do this story justice without having some additional time to kind of slow down, get into those nitty gritty details. So we're writing a book alongside that. Part of um, the nonfiction 
book writing process is writing a book proposal, which we have been working on. So I just want to read a few excerpts from that. Um, in the first line to open our proposal is what is the cost of doing no harm and who has to pay it? So we very much agree that pharmacists and patients are in a very hard place because someone does have to pay that price. And then another excerpt that um, stands out to me, given the strike, in any other industry, particularly particularly one in which errors can lead to prison for the ones at fault and may be fatal for the ones affected, a nationwide strike would be in order. But in but this is the do no harm dilemma. How can you walk away from a service that literally keeps people alive? Yeah. Jeez. So. Well, I want to be clear. I have a question for Marie. I do want to make a, a shout out. <laughs> Um, to, um, to our listeners and going, going to shotswiththat.com um, shotswiththat.com I want people to participate um, and, and reach out to the team at Would You Like Shots to possibly participate. Um, I also want to just make a note that if we've come this far, why would why would any pharmacist that's in a CVS store right now not want to make things better? Because here's the thing, and this question really, it's not so much a question, but I want to turn this over to Marie to get your viewpoint. But I don't want to see CVS fail. I want to see CVS Health succeed. I want to see them prosper, but not at the expense of a pharmacist being able to do their job the way that they're supposed to do their job and having enough staff to support them and making extremely deep operational changes to the entire operation, which will definitely impact profits. Mr. Uh, CVS or your board of directors that are out there, if you're listening to this podcast, this will impact your profits if you do it the right way. That doesn't mean you won't be profitable. It just means you won't be making as much gluttonous profit that you're making today at the expense of pharmacist and patient safety and staff safety. So, Marie, your viewpoint around really balancing uh, staffing levels properly because of your building of this documentary and the world of, of CVS and profit and kind of the whole mix-up of how we even got here. That's a big existential feeling question um i think that i would be speculating on a level i'm not comfortable with talking about how to solve these problems um i don't want cvs to fail either necessarily right i think what we are what we all want to see is improved workflows, better patient service, pharmacists that have um, the specific needs of the community, like they have the skills and the resources to serve the specific needs of that community. Because every community is different. You know, me in Richmond, there's a different population health issue than you would find in, in you know, yeah. Brooklyn, New York or whatever. And they have to look at it, CVS has to look at it that way. Right. And, and one of the things that I learned at PDS is that independent pharmacy, it's not a monolith. Everybody is different. They have different strengths, different skill sets. And then how do you what are the switches and the levers that you need to find in order to best serve your specific community? And with corporations that get to this level, they don't look I don't know, right? I've never worked for a Fortune 4 company. They don't look at it like that, right? It's all about streamlining. It's about cutting costs. It's about automations, which are not a negative until you start sacrificing your team, the internal workers, and then ultimately the population that you serve. So I don't know if that even really answers your question, does. But I, that's my very, my, my pair of pennies. Candace, a shot across the bow of all things, the ships that are out there, these huge, huge gargantuan ships, we'll call them, 
these chain pharmacies, uh, CVS, Walgreens, we know that Rite Aid is collapsing and it's all based on, of course, the domino effect of this broken payment model that's really based on, like I said, it's based on profit. We know, if you don't know, go read some of Antonio Chacha's uh, blogging from, from you know, all the research that he does or, or but I want to hear from you and in thinking about where we're at right now and um, what steps you think um, being a pharmacist and understanding this, as well as all the access to different pharmacists that you've talked to, what steps can we take to right the ship of CVS Health and and keep their Kansas City communities whole? And then all the other communities are going to get affected by this because of the future strike, the future walkouts that are going to take place that are going to impact patients' health. But what what's your viewpoints on that? Well, I think for one, in within the profession, we need to respect the fact that not all of us are in agreement about this fight. True. Um, and I don't think it requires all of us to be in agreement. I think it just needs to be enough of us for it to hurt. So if enough of us take a page out of the nursing groups that have been doing walkouts for as long as I think I've been breathing, we need to take a page out of their book because when they realize someone is in danger, including themselves, they will act. Of course, they also have unions, so they're also in a little bit better position than us. But the solidarity, right? There's enough solidarity for them to get what they're asking for, for the sake of the benefit of their system. With that being said, pharmacy should respect those that say, I can't handle this. I'm going to stay in the pharmacy. I can't see the patients not getting their meds. We need those people, actually. But those that are willing, we need you to stand your ground, right? And know that when the feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm going to be retaliated against, starts bubbling up, mm -hmm. contact people like myself. Contact people like Dr. Bled. Talk to those of us that are already technically putting our lives and faces for the for the profession at risk so you can stay anonymous you can stay protected and we don't mind getting that hit okay so we want that to just be a psa to fellow pharmacy workers that want to stand up but have fear those of us that have been doing this for a while we're over the fear at this point it doesn't even phase us anymore. We are willing to take hits for you if you need us to. We will speak up. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. We will keep you anonymous. We will keep you protected and safe as best as we can. Another thing that I think is really important is for us to speak to our patients yeah. Speak to patients if you're in the pharmacy. Speak to patients if you're not in the pharmacy. Let them know. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to people you see at church. Whoever is your closest circle, inform them that this is happening mm -hmm. because that's really a huge part of what we're doing. We want the public to be aware yep. because they've been in the dark for way too long. You guys have been in the dark for way too long. And Unfortunately, part of that is on us because we've been scared. Yes. We've been scared. And we're finally getting to a space where being scared is not changing anything and is making things worse. So we have to overcome that fear to step out and say that this is going on. But we need the help to share and spread the word. We have our podcast, the Pizza's Not Working podcast. You can share with them that tries to break things down for the public to understand the 
documentaries being shot. So donating and supporting them as well would be very beneficial to get this word out. And keeping this in daily conversations so that way this doesn't just fall to the wayside. Yep. And to your point, Todd, it's not that it would be so great to see CVS and Walgreens and all these companies just collapse in this huge swoop because that could be a whole other public health crisis that we're not ready for. Exactly. But what we do need is integrity. And if we keep reminding our colleagues that the irritation, the anger, the frustration behind speaking up is not just so we can go and burn them at the stake. It's because we, we don't see why people should be suffering for the sake of a dollar. Correct. If we're supposed to be helping their health, that doesn't even make sense. So we want the integrity to work. And if we keep speaking up, walking out those who are comfortable, sharing your stories with us so we can get your stories out as anonymous or as public as you desire and getting the narrative out there for the public to be aware that we are trying to talk to them. Like we want them to talk to us. We want, we want these conversations to be had at the dinner table and and all over. This will, this will work so much faster than it has. And we need to, we need to let the public know that their voice in this probably even matters more than our own because they're the consumers. Yep. When the consumers affect the pockets of these companies, unfortunately, that's really where the the conversations are had for them. When the money really talks, they they'll start shifting things around. So there is a money game that has to be played, but I don't want it played without the knowledge and the wisdom to understand what's going on and why it's important to to play this game, but with a different heart, because the heart is the care for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Going back to the traditional heart of pharmacy, you had your mom and pop stores that knew you by name. They want to make sure that you're well, that your family's well. And that's always been the heart of the profession. The structure of the business has made that more difficult, but that heart has never changed. And we want the public to realize that, but we also want them to know that their voice is huge. So as workers, as advocates, we also reach out to the public and ask, plead that you guys speak up on social media. You guys use the hashtag pizza is not working. Share your stories because they won't retaliate against you as a patient. They'll listen to you tag these stores that you get your prescriptions at. And remember that your pharmacist is not against you. Your technician is not against you. They're in the fight just as much as, as you are. Um, So please have patience with those that are still working. Um, Remind them that you thank them for what they're doing behind the counter. Now that you're understanding more of what's been happening and ask how they can help, how you can help. Um, You can call and talk to your pharmacist associations and boards of pharmacies in your state. Those are easily Googleable. You can look those up and you can reach out to to those leaders because a lot of those are their public health entities. So their importance is the public. So talk to them and let them know that as a patient, you have concerns because they can bring those to corporate. That does help with laws being passed. Mm-hmm. You can talk to constituents in your state and talk about why this is a concern and if there can be bills that are in place to really adjust certain things so that way the safety and integrity behind the counter allows for safety and integrity in the public. You can speak to your store pharmacists. You can speak to your technicians if they're willing and just to ask them how to better understand. Um, You can call corporate, although corporate does often have these phone numbers where you don't get anybody, but try to call them anyway and let them know that you're upset. Um, 
but this is a team effort. This isn't an us against them, against you. This is supposed to be a team effort. And that's really the plea. Um, But if, if one person doesn't want to sit at the table, we, we have to still have the conversation going in hopes that someone will finally join us at the table and have these conversations in the way we should have had them so long ago. Yes. Absolutely. I I don't mean to put um Ananise and Marie on on the spot, but I'm going to because this is based on kind of the documentary and what's to come and I know you know you're neither of you are fortune tellers. Um and and uh I understand that you are documenters and and storytellers so you're kind of telling what's really happening, but I want to hear your viewpoints around leadership. And here's here's what I'm thinking about and um, this is, like I said, this is, it's hard to talk about. So I have immense respect for the APHA. As a matter of fact, we are a podcast partner of their podcast. So how proud am I that I get to support them? I support the NCPA. We go to their events. We cover it as media. Um, I just did a project with the NABP. We had Josh Bolin come on. He's a rock star at the NABP talking about the DSCSA. So it means a lot to me as an audio publication that strives to put good information out there that is good for the profession to hear. All of these pharmacists that get to hear so many stories and ideas and advancements and artificial intelligence and digital therapeutics. But someone who makes a living off of the profession, I have a responsibility as a publication to cover events like this, historical events like this, and to question, and I'm putting my hand up out of respect with what I'm about to ask the two of you, and either of you can take this, but let's talk about leadership. We have Kansas City pharmacists walking out. We have Missouri that might be walking out, Georgia, Florida, Pennsylvania, right? Who's helping these pharmacies to organize this type of um, you know, initiative to... to to really get the attention of CVS, get the attention of Walgreens, get the attention of the NABP. But what organization isn't standing up and saying, we're going to help you, we're going to wrap ourselves around you and help the cavities, because we've got some cavities in our in our industry's mouth. And we're not saying we want to do away with the tooth, <laughs> the CVS tooth. We're not trying to destroy the tooth. We want to make the tooth healthy. <laughs> Um, and I, I just went to the dentist, by the way, and I had a tooth extraction. So I've been very mortified by this experience. So um, that's why I brought up this analogy. But I'm saying, which one of you wants to answer the very hard question or the very hard topic, which is, is it is it lack of leadership? Is it lack of, I mean, I've seen the California Pharmacists Association make a bold statement. And I, how many other state associations need to step up and make bold statements? How many associations need to approach the NABP and say, guys, it's time right now to drop some hammers on this. And I'm talking about like coming at these organizations with all the teeth available to the power of the NABP, the power of the APHA, the power of the NCPA. Because even though the NCPA is independent community pharmacy, they're still community pharmacy and they still have power in politics and but I want I want some ideas in in your your sharing with our listeners around because there's a lot of Twitter chat going on. There's Instagram discussions. There's TikToks being put out. A lot of pharmacists are very frustrated with the leadership and and they they say negative things about institutions that I adore and I love working with and I still support and I will always support. But it it makes me feel bad when I hear things uh, from their perspective, saying they're not getting any support from any of these leadership organizations. So which one of you want to want to be on the spot? So I think I think Go for it. No, you got it. Um I have two comments. One, the leader brings the weather. So if you have somebody in leadership that is not speaking out, advocating, asking questions, trying to learn, that's going to be reflected in the rank and file. My my background is military. And truly, that person at the head of your ranks 
sets the tone for everything that you're doing. And so that's my first comment. Um, the second comment is it's, it's a multiple prong approach. I think that it is, I don't wanna say unfair. NCPA is probably the organization that I'm most familiar with you can dilute your effort if you're stretched too thin. And I think their effort is so um, laser focused on um, legislation and influencing at the top levels. If they were to try and, and educate the general public, you're gonna dilute the efforts. You don't have enough resources. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough people or you don't understand the market. There are many ways that that can go wrong. And that's where other organizations like pizza is not working. Like, would you like shots with that? Step in and take that other fork in the road. It's okay. not one path, one organization is going to clear the way. It is multiple organizations with leaders who are being held accountable by their members to speak out on their behalf. It's almost like a political yep. constituent. If your leader is not bringing the right weather, how do you hold them accountable and start to push for the change that you'd like to see in your particular organization? So those are my two kind of broad comments and, and I'd love to give Anise the mic. Sure, thank you. Um, I was going to approach it from a different, um, different lens. First, I do wanna address if you hear any weird um, sounds on my mic, I'm holding a baby. She just woke up, so she may make some sounds into the mic. But um, I want to approach it from the standpoint of going back to kind of first principles for what a documentary is doing, what our specific project is doing, which is we want to give the mic to all sides of the pharmacy profession. We want to extend a microphone to the large organizations. We want APHA to talk to us. We want NCPA to talk to us. Um, we want NABP to talk to us because we don't want to speculate on what they are doing or saying. We want them to tell us what they are doing and saying because they do put statements out, they put press releases out, and that's fine. And those are available for us to use um, both in the documentaries and the book because they are out publicly. Yep. But we would love to extend the offer of an interview to sit down with some of those leaders because they have a perspective on why they are taking certain stances and we want to be able to hear it from them without speculation. And so we just want to offer that microphone so that they are able to come to the table in our project and kind of round out the types of folks that we are talking to because we do want to hear their perspective because it is important to tell the full story of what's going on in pharmacy. Excellent. Excellent. That's very, that's very, very much very a collaborative thing. And that's, 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 that's in my mixing the answers between Marie and, and Ananese is, is interesting because neither of you want these big organizations to fail. I don't want these organizations to fail. Uh, Candace, um, pizza is not working. They don't want the organizations to fail because we know that there are careers and there are families supported by uh, chain pharmacy. We know that the next generation chain pharmacy is going to have a lot more things that they're going to be able to do. Point of care testing is coming. Um, the, the, the feel around supplement and, and building out a supplement businesses and, and helping people understand what those do. And I mean, there's so much out their output that is needed from our pharmacies. And even the 23,000, 20,000 independent community pharmacies aren't, meaning if, if the rest of pharmacy vanished, okay, if we woke up tomorrow and every chain pharmacy was completely out of business. And it, I mean, that, that just like Candace said, that's a public health crisis and issue. Therefore, we want it done correctly so it can it can change and it can grow because it is going to change. There, the, there's an animal of of a market, Mar the whole uh, micro macroeconomics. I love macroeconomics, and there's things happening. Technology is making changes in dispensing systems, 
and custom uh, medication design and pharmacogenomics and things are changing from a technological perspective and that will shift how pharmacists are used in the ecosystem of the profession of pharmacy and very much so in the retail chain environment but there are places that those pharmacists are still needed to touch and to communicate with people that are in the retail settings in the grocery stores asking questions about their diet i'm celiac you know i have a celiac disease i need a pharmacist to tell me what's going on with my um my cholesterol or blah blah blah. i mean we could talk we could sit here this could be a a a 20-hour podcast and show unfortunately we don't have that much time but i'm appreciative of your answers because they're collective they're collaborative and that's what we want we want cvs to realize that it's it's going to get a little bit worse it's going to get worse before it gets better because we are trying to change things and when you try to bend and change a monster that's an that's the ecosystem of of big chain pharmacy <laughs> this is not an easy ship to 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 start making changes or to start making direction changes and we know that and i think that we know that our state associations uh, can be leveraged. So a call out to our state associations in standing up and, and giving some of your members uh, direction and giving them your resources and access to your connections at the NABP level. And NABP that kind of like commands licensing, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to do some some real good. And And I want them reaching out to Would You Like Shots With That to participate in the storytelling because we can't change things um Ananise and marie and candace unless we can blueprint it and and see where were we and and what's the next phase you know would you like shots with that um you know documentary part two maybe the cha- the title changes and it's a celebration because you're now saying hey based on our documentation about the way things were look at the way things can be and i can't help but to be a glass half full kind of guy but hey um this has been an honor to uh, blast this message out for you. This goes out, we get 100,000 listeners uh, a month on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Candace, thank you for being a constant source of information and in catching our listeners up on pizza is not working. But just in closing, I want to turn the mic back over to Candace and saying, um, uh, you know, your, your next uh, call out to our listeners of how they can possibly bond and link up with you and, and just say thank you. Okay. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks to everyone who is supporting what's going on in whatever capacity that you're doing that. Um, If you want to be a part of this movement in some way, even if it's just sharing your story, you are more than welcome to reach out to me. My social media handles are at Candice Olushala on everything. So very easy to find me. And you can send your stories. You can let me know if you want them anonymous or public. You can also submit a form for the podcast on my website. It's just my name at, or at yeah, CandiceAlushala.com. And I have a form where you can submit information about the podcast. You can submit um, your stories that can be read on the show. Or even if you want to be a guest, I would love to hear from patients. I would love to hear from any other pharmacy workers that are within the profession. I would love to hear from corporate. Like, I would love to hear from anybody that wants to have, be a part of this conversation and learn more about what's going on. I'm so grateful for the the DMs that I've been getting from patients and former pharmacy workers that are so excited to see this change in the profession. So just reach out anytime, listen to the podcast, use the hashtag, message me. I would love to hear from you guys anytime and and share your story with with the world. Thank you. Marie closing statements go to shotswithat.com um if you don't and you are unable to financially support share your story um reach out to um 
you know, Dr. Candace Alusala. Did I say that correctly? Okay. Um, look, we all share information. We're all here trying to share this story. Um, it doesn't have to be us if you feel comfortable speaking to somebody else. Uh, the Accidental Pharmacist is a great resource. Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of resources, people who want to represent, learn more about the industry and can could use the support. And it's not just financial, it's it's sharing the posts, it's commenting, it's clicking email and emailing it to a friend. Those all drive the algorithm. It all gets visibility and awareness for this cause. It is about patient safety. It's about, you know, personal missions and anything you feel compelled to do. Um, it can be scary, but, um, taking action is, is the first step in recognizing that there's an issue. Um, and we're here to support however you want to, I think that's it. Ananese. So yes, I'll echo everything Marie is saying, please go to our website and, um, check it out, share your story. Our handle on social media is at shots with that on social media platforms. Our LinkedIn is would you like shots with that? Um, but this story cannot be told without financial support. So I will say we do need money because it costs money to um, go across the country to get camera gear, to get the right team in place. So if you are able to financially support us, we do have a GoFundMe and um, any amount, if it's a um, if you're like, I have five bucks, that's fine. It all adds up. If you're able to um, want to invest in the film and you're able to contribute more financially, um, please reach out to us. We have some investment opportunities for our film. So if you would like to become an investor for the film, um, please reach out to us. We do have some opportunities for that. Um, and also as far as growing our audience, the more our audience grows um, before the documentary comes out, during the process when we are producing it and putting things together, the easier distribution becomes, the easier it is for us to get a book deal, um, et cetera. They want to see that you have a platform. You, we have people who are interested in telling this story, as I know that the pharmacy profession is, but the more that you can show that by supporting our page, liking content that we put out or um, other content that is shared from our page to other pages, the more that um, publishing companies and networks see that, the um, more enticing that our project becomes for them. So uh, just keep supporting and we are all in this fight together and we um, do this because we, we want pharmacy to be the profession that it can be. Um, we like to say that we do this because we love pharmacy. You don't take on a giant documentary project if you didn't love the profession and didn't want to fight for it and make it make it better. So our aim is not to um, denigrate or destroy the profession. Our, um, our goal is to just take a really solid, real look at what's going on, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And like the saying goes, sunlight is the best disinfectant. So mm -hmm. if you don't know there is an issue, then you can't solve it. So I will end with that. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank want to everyone thank for participating. Thank you to our listeners. A shout out to our pharmacists out in Kansas City and Missouri and any state that is thinking about um, taking a stand and, and walking out. If there's anything that our organization can do for you, please let us know. And with that, I wish you a terrific week. Tune in to This Week in Pharmacy. Go to thisweekinpharmacy.com. That's thisweekinpharmacy.com. Please subscribe to the show. It helps us to grow as well. And um, have a great weekend. Everybody. Hey, 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 h